Welcome to Instruction Interruption, a podcast to celebrate New Mexico education in every corner of our beautiful state. I am host Alisa Cooper de Uribe, the 2021 New Mexico Teacher of the Year. Join us as leaders talk pedagogy and practice and share lessons they have learned along their journey in uplifting education. This podcast is sponsored by the New Mexico Oil and Gas Association and is produced in collaboration with the New Mexico Public Education Department. Today, I sit down with Amy Parra. Amy was an elementary school educator teaching kindergarten at Mesilla Elementary in Las Cruces Public Schools, and since the recording of this episode, has stepped into the role of Teach Plus New Mexico Teacher Network Coordinator. With a background in dance as well as curriculum and instruction, along with strong ties to her southern New Mexico community, Amy brings a diverse body of knowledge and experience to her work with children and her work as a teacher leader in organizations like Teach Plus. In this episode, Amy talks about the transformative and nourishing power of fostering relationships with and among students and families, as well as how the example and guidance of teachers can empower and inspire children to find and use their voices, and to know that leadership is an integral part of their development. She remarks that, I think it's all about honoring people for who they are and what they bring to the table, and speaks to the power of leadership opportunities for teachers through organizations like Teach Plus. So put your pencils down and listen up. We're ready to interrupt your day with stories from one of New Mexico's education leaders. Welcome, welcome, Amy, to this episode of Instruction Interruption. I'm so honored to have you here with us. I have been inspired not only by your story as a teacher, but by the work that you do as a teacher at your school, as a member of your community, and also as a teacher leader who has done a lot of really powerful advocacy work for teachers and for our profession. So I'm really honored to be able to have this time with you and share this space so that others can hear more about your story and what you're doing and, and your perspective as a teacher working in one of our schools in the southern part of the state. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am deeply honored to be asked to be here and um, share you know, my story and my love for teaching and my passion for helping all students. So thank you again for having me. I would love for you to be able to start out by sharing what we usually refer to as your teacher story. How did you find your way to the classroom? Mine is not typical. You hear so often that teachers are surprised to be in the classroom and mine is not like that at all. My, my story is uh, my mom was a teacher and early on I just developed this love for education and seeing the faces of my mom's students and, and even as a young kid wishing like, I wanna be in that classroom and, and mom, like, can I go to school with you? And can I help you with that? And, and as soon as I could, my sister and my brother and I were cutting out laminate for her classroom and going with her to set up. And I was always deeply excited at the beginning of the year to uh, hear her story of how her day went and the new friends that were in her class. And that's where I got that term. And since I've started teaching, I've always referred to the students in my classroom as friends. And I say, you know, welcome friends, and this is my friend so-and-so, 
and you sit by my friend and you stand by my friend. And I, I love that, that I got that from her because it really instills that relationship. That's that start of that relationship between you and your students and the students together. Um, and so I've always wanted to be a teacher. I've always wanted to make a difference and light up somebody's life um, and see them happy. Um, so I've always been that type of person that wants to give voice to other others and empower them. Um, I not I didn't always know that I wanted to be a teacher in education. I started out wanting to teach dance and organize dance clinics where we could teach different dances to dancers all around the world. And so I thought that was going to be my pathway forward. Um, however, opportunities kept leading me back into a classroom, back in front of younger students. And so I one day realized that, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to be the influencer of the future society. Like I want to help people see how I was inspired and be inspired to do that and carry on. Um, and so that's my story, how I made it into the classroom. I've never looked back since making that decision. And I, I have enjoyed, especially with Teach Plus, making impacts that I quickly see, not only in my classroom, but in other people's lives and journeys. I really love knowing that at the heart of all of your teaching is, is relationship building. It seems like more of the importance of that has really come to the forefront of our understanding of education, but learning in relationship uh, becomes a much more enriching and powerful experience for the kids and the adults as well in the process. And so I, th I think it's been inspiring to me in particular to see how you center a lot of your wisdom around the understanding that relationships are really key to fostering their success. The school district where you work, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the name of your school and what your district is like? Absolutely. So I work in a in one of the smaller schools in my district. I work at Mesilla Elementary in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and we're part of the Las Cruces Public School District. So we have, you know, not a small district, um, but we have such a relationship between school uh, schools and personnel that I feel like my passion for relationships and building upon those partnerships with everybody involved um, in the community, parents, students, teachers is really fostered by my district. Like we really value people and their feelings and the experiences and stories that each one of us brings to the table. And so I'm really proud to be a member of the Las Cruces Public School District. I'm super honored to be where I'm at uh, today in my school and in my classroom with my colleagues. Um, we're doing a really powerful school-wide behavior, um, not plan, but mindset shift. Uh, we are really focusing on empowering our students through leadership opportunities. And it's something that I feel like I've always involved in my classroom on my lone island. And now we're really starting to branch out school-wide and hopefully district-wide and that rippling effect of people getting excited about learning and helping others will just impact um, further out. Sounds like a really unique uh, and special thing to work in a smaller school in a fairly large district and have, have that balance. 
Um, and it's exciting to hear that that you have in your own school been able to scale something from your classroom to a school wide level. Um, and I'm thinking, do you have any thoughts for other folks across the state on how to scale your advice about really centering relationships and leadership? What what advice do you have for folks working in perhaps larger schools or even larger districts for being able to maintain that mentality of um, keeping relationships and knowing each other as key? You know, my advice would be to honor the confidence that you have inside you to make a difference and really honor that we're all individuals. I think that that advice that everyone has um, that invisible backpack. We all have our own stories that you can't see, you can't hear, you can't touch, but it's there. And we all as humans bring those experiences into whatever we do. And I think that if you approach a person with that sense of wanting to be involved with their story and to help them and to guide them, as well as to partner with them on your behalf and their behalf, um, I feel like that bond with that one, you know, one-to-one relationship branches out and easily becomes a network of a classroom. And from there, a network of a grade level and then school-wide and district-wide and community-wide. Those relationships that you honor between your student and their parents, um, I feel that that moment that, uh, that you create that, I feel like that is a branch waiting to bud out for somewhere else. And I think that it's all about just honoring people for who they are and what they bring to the table. And I think from there, leadership grows. I've been thinking a lot about that in terms of leadership, not just as teachers in our classroom and honoring the stories of our kids and also our families, but also uh, the leadership who works with us to help cultivate our own gifts as teachers and I know that you are a master teacher and you are also studying that art that is administration, school administration. And I'm curious to know, what have you learned through experience in leadership, um, through practice on how to take your relationship building to the administrative level for teacher success? You know, um, I'm really finding out that the relationship side is really not that different, you're still valuing people for who they are and guiding them in a, in slightly different ways, but still honoring that partnership and what each person brings to the table um, only cultivates a more positive uh, culture for, you know, your school or um, if you're an instructional leader at district level, I think that honoring the voices of others through your work definitely um, is, is still all about that relationship, that bond that starts between two people and branches out and filters, um, not filters, but uh, buds into something more and then expands. Um, I'm starting to see things through a different lens um, and how things work and how um, decisions are made um, as, a, as an administrator. Um, so that's that's really that really has opened my mind as a classroom teacher too. Like I understand all of... Uh, decisions made around budget and, um, you know, and I'm building that understanding of how we can foster relationships maybe between a, a teacher really struggling and that master teacher and how we can create those mentorship partners, you know, the mentorship partnerships between teachers and fostering um, 
that, you know, common goal of student success. And so that, that is something that I knew was there, but really seeing that through the lens of administrative practices has really changed my outlook as a teacher as well. I know that as a classroom teacher, I'm always thinking about um, the supplies that we need and things that we need in the classroom and, and being um, in a position to know what the budget is like and be working with a budget. I know that's a really tricky thing for anyone uh, at a decision-making level. And I know that that's something that of course the legislature works on every single year uh, in thinking about public education. And so I've re been really inspired as well by your experience as a Teach Plus fellow and now connected with the entire Teach Plus organization. I have a few questions for you about Teach Plus, but would you uh, let our listeners know a little bit more about what Teach Plus is as an organization and a program here in New Mexico? Oh, absolutely. And I, I love that opportunity. Uh, Teach Plus has been a definite game changer in my life as an educator. Teach Plus is an organization that really empowers teacher voice. Their mission is to empower teachers to, you know, testify their experiences and promote policy change, not only within their classrooms, but at the district and state level and even federal level to promote, um, you know, educational practice reform or even change altogether to better, you know, educational systems for our students, making sure that, you know, we are teaching um, using best practices and making sure that highly, highly qualified and quality teachers are in front of students, as well as a diverse teacher pipeline. That's one of my projects, uh, my team's project, this um, go around with the, the policy fellowship um, is that we are working on removing or reducing uh, the barriers that stand in the way of, of a more diverse pipeline of teacher candidates moving forward and really um, overcoming any obstacle in their way, um, getting into the door of the classroom and being that motivating um, game changer for the lives of students. We know that teachers that look like their students have, you know, that motivational factor, they have that um, inspirational factor that really give life to what we're teaching to students, they can see themselves in it. And so I think Teach Plus does a beautiful job of really facilitating opportunities for teachers to make differences in those things. It's a part of what you bring to the table as well uh, with your cultural heritage, your background growing up. I know that I myself, in thinking about my childhood experiences, they were so formative to me and really inform the way that I see the world. Having grown up in a small town in northern New Mexico, that, that experience of growing up there, it, it's with me all of the time. Um, and being in a small, close-knit community on the other end of the state, I'm wondering how has that informed your perspective on education uh, here, but also at the national level? You know, I feel like that's mostly where I get my passion for relationships, you know, because as a Hispanic culture, um, where I grew up, very, you know, ingrained in me, it's all about family and really cultivating, you know, the, the all aspects of family and how each person really contributes to the family. Um, how we, you know, that respect that we have for 
another and for education and for leaders. Um, I really feel like all of that has really played in a role in why I feel so passionate about relationships. And being in the southern part of New Mexico, I feel like that passion for family and community is deeply, deeply rooted in. I think that's so special and especially knowing that you are working with Teach Plus um, on a more national level. I feel really honored that you are representing us as New Mexico with that with that perspective in terms of education policy and the work that people can do um, with that particular lens. So thank you. I really want to go back again to also your focus on relationship building and honoring people's stories. Uh, as an English major, of course, anything that has to do with narrative or story or the interaction um, of people and place and, and really what makes up our lives and the relationships that we have together. Um, it made me feel excited when I heard that our new Secretary of Education, Secretary Steinhaus, named this new school year as the year of literacy. And so I know that certain forms of literacy are really important to your family, to your daughters. Um, and I also know that some of your favorite childhood books, they're really centered around protagonists and, and authors' unique perspectives. Um, I love that your daughters lo are loving to read. And so I'm wondering if you could share with us some of the books that have been formative to you. and. And for those of us who are in different places on this journey of literacy, what advice would you share to teachers here in New Mexico as we embark on this school year of literacy? This is a very, very loaded question. I feel I'm really excited about it because I, I think it just comes back to my family, just the love of learning and the love of reading. Um, being a teacher, um, my mom really instilled that in my brother and sister and I that books are kind of your your window to the world as well as uh, the way to expand uh, your horizons like learning and reading and growing all go hand in hand with developing you as a person and I think that um, it was really hard for me to to tell you in our previous conversation about what books really made a difference in my life because I love I love to read and lately, I, I love to research and because I'm growing as a professional and also I'm always that person looking for a new way to do this and why do we do this and why does that make the best impact in the short amount of time that I have in a school year. And so I'm really driven by people's words and fact as well as data. Like I'm really intrigued by trends, data trends. And um I feel like that love that I have and that excitement I have for reading has really um, kind of filtered into my my children at home. Like they, before they were even born, I was reading to them. And I remember probably one of the best memories of being pregnant and a teacher uh, in a classroom was doing guided reading with my third graders and them reading and my daughter like doing flips in my tummy in front of the kids because they just, she just loved it. And she loved hearing their voices. Uh, she loved me reading to the kids. And I remember my third graders looking at me like, oh my God, what is happening? And, and me telling them, you know what? That's how powerful reading is. Like you make a difference with your words and the words written on a page and how 
crazy is that, that it affects others and like getting them really excited about it. And I remember my reading scores that year, like tripled or something crazy. Like they really skyrocketed um, because my kids were so in love with reading and the pathways that reading takes them. Um, and, and kindergarten, I really tried to just model that love for reading for my kids. And, and it goes from there. If that love is there, that willingness to learn is there. And so that's my advice is just really be passionate about reading as an, an individual and model that for your stub, your students. That is such a powerful story about your soon to be born daughter and how amazing that your students had that experience to really see that being able to read and can have an effect not only on themselves, but on, on others that is really astonishing. I love hearing about that. That's something that also makes me think of in, your, in terms of talking about data or research that uh, how wonderful that when we're thinking about literacy that we can think of it beyond reading a novel, which of course I love, but that literacy really opens doors for us to pursue whatever our passions are. We may have multiple passions ourselves. Some may be interested uh, more in, in different fields uh, beyond just reading fiction. And so thinking about literacy in terms of the ways that it can help us access the things that we want to know, be it um, something that we want to do when we grow up, changing a tire on a car, uh, learning how to write, whatever it is, that all of that is of a piece with literacy. And how wonderful to hear how much it has um, really enabled you to pursue all of the things that you're passionate about. Thanks. You know, and I, I just got really excited when you're kind of just elaborating on that, you know, what passion can do and that if you're passionate about about something like, please share that with the world because that's what changes people's minds. That's what changes, you know, their outlook on life. And I wanted to kind of go back to uh, Teach Plus and also link in with my passion for literacy is that Teach Plus provided me a voice, a teacher voice that I could share experiences um, to shed light on very important policy issues um, that affect our, our students daily. And one thing that that immediately changed from me embarking on that journey is I, I started to write these op-eds about the students in my classroom and what the changes, little changes would not only affect them, but would affect students around our state. And even on a national level, uh, that passion that I had for writing and expressing my voice and opinion and really trying to make change filtered through my daughter. My daughter was a third grade student last year. And when their class was writing um, opinion um, and persuasive papers, uh, she um, decided they got to pick their topic and she decided to, to write about why parents should read to their kids at night. And the way I know as a, as a teacher, I was like, oh my gosh, yay. And as a parent, I was like, oh my gosh, yay. Um, but as a policy fellow, I thought, wow, you know, here is a young girl at third grade that sees the importance of literacy and the connection of literacy from home and school and the effects of having that positive literacy loving culture at home. 
um, and the impacts it has on, on the child's education at school, I, I was blown away with just, just seeing that in her, in her voice, in the paper. And um, I just think that any passion, if you, if you truly are passionate, share it. And from that, worlds could change. And that wasn't uh, direct at my daughter to get her to write. I had absolutely, you know, nothing with her choice of topic or what she wrote, but she felt compelled to share because I was compelled and I was passionate writing at the table with her saying, I got to get this done. Can I read this to you, Morgan? And, and, and she's like, well, why are you doing that? And I would say, you know, I'm doing this because, um, this happened in my classroom and I think I could help somebody. And I think that good leaders help people. And she agreed. And, and I think that that passion that I had for making change um, really inspired her. And I thought, well, if I can inspire her, hopefully what I'm writing inspires others to carry on as well. I love hearing that story too. And I think that speaks so much to the power of really not necessarily being explicit, but involving the children in our lives in what we're doing in small ways so that they can also see that the things that we're doing as small skills or discrete skills in the classroom, they really have a very valuable use in our everyday lives, especially if we're thinking about working for or with others. And so you're being able to share with her what you were doing and in addition, why you were doing it and the things that you needed to do, being able to read and write, that that um, really made real the experience of, of learning to become literate and, and to see how it's used. So that's really special to hear that story. Um, yeah, you have such a gift for writing and for expressing yourself, especially about these things in education. Um, but for many of the folks who have been uh, on this podcast this season, there's one thing that also has been kind of fundamental to our lives and our teaching, and that is the arts. And as you mentioned, your particular artistic area of expertise is dance. And so I'm wondering if you find that that influences your teaching also in ways that other educators might be able to incorporate into their own perspectives. Absolutely. Uh, dance has always been... Um an outlet for me. Um, I feel like I was a very shy child and dance gave me the confidence that I, that I desired to have. Like I wanted to be outgoing and I forcefully would try to talk to people because I, I wanted to be that way. My mom was great in front of people. Um, my dad always told the most, you know, incredibly interesting stories and and my sister was just so, so brilliant. And I always wanted to be, you know, I inspired to be my older sister. And so I, I always knew deep down, you know, I need to be outgoing. I want to make people smile. I want to be that change in somebody's life and inspire them. Um, but I didn't know how. And by divine intervention, I think my parents put me in dance and, and mostly because I was a mover. I was a mover from a young age. Like I climbed everything. I was into everything. Um, but I think that being in dance and taking those lessons and being able to be on stage, um, I, I really found a passion for being in front of people. And then it kind of developed into something that, okay, I'm okay with this. Now what's next? 
And so then teaching in front of students and then finally joining um, leadership teams within my school and in my district and, you know, finding little things to talk at. Um, I always felt like I was the most awkward teacher at parent conferences, having to talk to, a, to adults. And I, I know so many people feel that way. Like I can talk in front of kids all day long, but when I talk to a parent, I'm like, uh, uh, um, but I really always felt that that was a goal from, for me was to be, you know, articulate enough to, um, you know, build those relationships. It all comes down to that. Like I needed those relationships to make my students ex uh, succeed. And I also needed that for myself. So I know that I could um, communicate that. And then Teach Plus came. And like I said, I had a voice in writing. I had a voice in front of people. I testified for the first time in front of the legislation committee. And I was a nervous wreck. I was a nervous wreck, but I felt so inspired after like, I can do this. And so I, I accredit dance to the beginning of all of that. And my advice, you know, to people to use dance in the classroom. It's such a mode, a multi-sensory mode of getting your students that can't focus, getting their attention, you know, those fidgeters and things like that. Get up, get moving. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a dancer. You just have to have the confidence to be in front of someone and share that to your students. Like, hey, I'm I'm a goofy mess, but you know, we're gonna have fun doing it together. And it makes a, it it lightens the mood and it it really makes the content stick as well. So I'm sorry for that big, long, long uh, wraparound introduction and, and overview of that. But uh, dance, I think, helped me become who I am and influences me greatly in the classroom of really meeting the needs of all students, especially those movers and shakers like me, because I was there. I was definitely there. <laughs> I love hearing about that. I also really enjoy being able to have those moments to dance in the classroom. Yeah. And listening to that, I identified at the, at once with the way that being able to incorporate dance, be it formal choreography that we work on or just informal silliness, busting a move, that it can not only enable all kids to be able to connect with each other and with what we're doing and take a brain break at some point, but it also really made me think about how powerful that experience was for you to be able to tap into some of your other gifts as a professional later on and how the foundation of dance um, enabled you to use your body in a way that you needed to as a young person, but then also have experiences that were more comfortable for you so that later on um, in other realms of being in front of people that you were able to take that lead. And I'm thinking about how, when we talk about the arts and public education, that that seems like such um, a powerful story in support of how necessary the performing arts are for our students, that we may think about core curriculum subjects as necessary, which they are, but sometimes over the long term, the fine arts are things that enable our students to really deepen and enhance what they're able to do in other subjects and other areas of their lives. And so your story about how dance not only influenced you as you became an adult and a professional, um, but the power that it has for children in the classroom really speaks to how, how important the performing arts are and how if we're able to offer that in a public education setting so that folks don't 
only have to seek those opportunities if they have the resources outside of school, but if we can offer them to all kids within school, that that would be a real gift to our students here. Absolutely. And when we talk about, you know, teaching the whole child, we have to think about the the methodologies and, and the way that they learn best. And not all children, and we know this, can sit at a desk and just absorb the information. They need it from all angles. They need to hear it. They need to sing it. They need to, you know, sign it. They need to dance. They need to, you know, practice using their hands and, and seeing it in real life. And if I had not had dance, I don't think that I would have the success I have today as, a, as an individual and professionally, um, because I feel like the need to move and, um, you know, absorb, pro you know, and process things that way. Um, I think that I, I just don't think that I would have the confidence or the um, perseverance that I learned and hard works, you know, that I've learned through all of that to do what I do now. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you and I have been teaching in the classroom during the last 18 months of very unique <laughs> circumstances. And I know that in this new school year, the situation is still very new and unexplored in some ways for us as we continue to try to do our best work for our students and for their families. And as we move into the school year, we just keep on going and sometimes it can be exhausting. And so uh, you, as such an inspiring, positive teacher with this seemingly endless pool of creativity for what you're doing, I'm wondering if you could share with us a message of encouragement for our listeners today. I, I think that just keep, 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 get, keep, keep keeping on, you know, keep believing in yourself. I know it's super cheesy, but I think that teachers don't give themselves enough credit for the incredibly, incredibly hard work that we do. And I feel that the past 18 months, if you will, it feels like longer than that. Um, but uh, I think that we've learned some really incredible things. And I know that it was inc incredibly tiresome and incredibly stressful and, and all of that that we talk about. But I almost was and I, I hope people don't hate me for this, but I almost was re-energized by the things that went wrong and that we learned different ways of handling it. And I, I have to say that I've always built, you know, I've built my career on relationships, but having to do it over Zoom and really figure out how I'm still going to have that involvement in my classroom and how I'm still going to make those connections has really um, helped me grow as a professional. And I feel almost like I've taken some weight off of my plate in that, you know, things are going to be okay. And that flexibility, I've always been that like type A detailed oriented control freak, <laughs> if you will. But I think that, that uh, I've really taken a step back to appreciate life and appreciate the lives of the students and, and my colleagues um, and really know that the importance of it all lies at our love for students and learning. And so keep on keeping on doing your thing. Don't be afraid to grow, but don't kill yourself. Like really take a breath and, and look at yourself and say, you know what? I did this and I can do this. 
um, and just reignite that passion that we all have for students and learning. That was just what I needed to hear as well. Thank you so much. And, and thank you again. Thank you to Amy Parra, who has joined us today. Amy, it is really an honor for me to, to share some time with you and to hear your words and your thoughts. And so I wish you the very best in this school year and in your career ahead. And I thank you in advance for all of the continued work that you're doing as a leader representing the teachers here in New Mexico. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. I really enjoyed talking to you as always. Um, you're an incredible teacher yourself and inspiration. And so to be a part of this podcast has been um, incredible and uplifting. You know, we all need to have that little, you know, you're doing a good job, just that. And um, thank you, thank you. I appreciate your time, you know, taking out to talk with me today. As we say every day at the end of this class in my own classroom, muchas gracias. Thanks again to Amy Parra, and thank you to the New Mexico Public Education Department and Namoga for its sponsorship. May your inspiration be infinite and your coffee still warm. Thanks for listening.